Welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Remarketing Podcast has two purposes. Purpose number one, Kim, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. Purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. With that, we have a special guest. We have Kim Bad. Kim, how do how would you like me to say it? Kim Bad or Kim Avant Bad? Kim Bab is fine. Kim Bab. Kim Bab, since 1994, along with her business partner and husband, Kim Avant Bab has operated Bad Properties LLC, a real estate development firm headquartered in New Jersey that redevelops residential properties in her native hometown of Philadelphia with the goal to provide quality housing and build stable communities. Bad Properties LLC celebrates a 38-year 0% eviction rate and prides itself on quality customer service and landlord integrity. In 2020, Legacy Real Estate Consulting was established as the education arm of Bad Properties. Legacy Real Estate Consulting helps small landlords and property owners operate their rentals efficiently, increase profits, and build generational wealth with landlords, coaching, boot camps, video training, property management, document systems, tools, and ebooks. Simultaneously to build companies, Kim enjoyed a 23-year career in New Jersey state government focusing on urban development, finance, and technical assistance. She recently retired, congratulations to you, as Chief Strategy Officer of the New Jersey Redevelopment Authority. Kim, thank you for being here. I'm excited. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited as well. You are welcome. So, um, Kim, tell us a little bit about, tell us your story in your own words. That's an awesome bio, but I want to hear you tell your story and a little bit how you got into uh, what it is that you do now. Absolutely. So number one, I have been uh, highly blessed and favored to to be at this you know place in, in my journey right now, uh, having read my bio. But where we really got started, and I call it the motherly nudge. Uh, and when I say we, as my bio mentioned, I'm in business with my husband. Uh, and uh, if there is anyone out in the listening audience who's married, we've been friends for 40 years, married for 38 and uh it takes work so if you pray for me i'll pray for you to just maintain (laughs) not only a a married relationship but a business relationship as well but i every time i get an opportunity i give credence to my mother-in-law the late estella babb for what i call the motherly nudge of of introducing real estate as an investment to uh to me in particular uh, not so much my husband, but to me. And the comp- comparison between my husband and I was that my family uh, typically owned our, our our primary home, right? But when I met my husband back in the 80s, not only did they own their primary home, but my mother-in-law owned investment properties. Uh, and my husband grew up in South Philadelphia. Fast forward, we got married, we bought our primary home. My mother-in-law was always nudging us to buy real estate. Uh, she would be presented with, um, you know, acquisition of properties, particularly in South Philadelphia. For those in the listening audience who are not familiar with Philadelphia, my husband grew up in Graduate Hospital, which is the first ring neighborhood of Center City, Philadelphia. And my mother-in-law would be approached by her peers, typically who were dying or the family no longer wanted the property when a family member would die, they were about to lose it to back taxes. She would buy the properties, uh, but she would nudge us, you need to buy these properties. We were like, mom, we don't have the money. We're trying to raise a family. Fast forward, she said, listen, two properties became available side by side. She said, I'm gonna buy one and I want you all to buy the other one. Mom, we don't have the money. My mother-in-law was a factory sewer in Philadelphia, very meager lifestyle. She had squirreled away, unbeknownst to us, $14,000 for my husband for his inheritance. And back then, when you had a savings account, you had a bank book. 
that you would have to take to the bank to stamp for your deposits or your withdrawals. And we still have the bank book to till this day of the $14,000 that she saved for him, squirreling away this money. Uh, and she gifted us that $14,000 with the understanding that I'll give it to you now to buy this property with the understanding when I die, you will not get an inheritance. And that was the entree, the entree to us buying investment properties. Prior to that, we had managed her rental properties. So we were kind of feeling our way through the dark uh, in property management, managing her multifamilies. But um, my mother-in-law gifted us our first uh, investment property and a series of events uh, transpired uh, through our, our work life, i.e. I was downsized. Back then they call it downsized. I was laid off twice. Uh, through my career. My husband was laid off once and we got the bright idea that we no longer wanted someone else to control our economic health and that we would take control of that by buying real estate and investment property. So that's really our story. That's how we got started. I call it the motherly nudge. And I believe that that my mother-in-law would be very proud of, of what we built upon her gift to us. Uh, you know, 30 years later, we have amassed a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio from that very first investment property. Thank you for sharing that. And um, like, I'm not like a envious person, but everybody doesn't have those things. And I, I always share my story. I'm like, I didn't have uh, parents or, you know, parents-in-laws and this, this, you know, it made things harder. And I'm not ungrateful. I'm not uh, playing a victim or anything like that. But it's like a great thing to have somebody like pushing you and nudging you like that. I wish I kind of had that motherly nudge. My mom was so bogged down, she really couldn't like nudge me. And then I didn't have a father. So um, it's, it's nice to hear that, you know, it's, you know, that's a beautiful story. With that, um, when you were talking about that, you mentioned something, right? And I like to kind of break things down for people in the most simple way possible. So you mentioned like investment properties. Can you tell it like we kind of know what that is because we're in the industry and we do some stuff. But can you give us your definition of what an investment property is like? What do you mean by that? Sure, sure. And when we talk about the real estate uh, field, there is many different points of entry. OK, you can be a wholesaler. You can buy properties and flip them. We are in the buy and hold space. That's our business model. So we acquire properties. We typically do full gut rehabs and we hold the properties. Wealth building is in the holding of properties. And so when we talk about investment properties in the buy and hold space, it's holding on to that real estate and really uh, benefiting from the uh, increased value and, and the cash flow uh, over the long haul, over the long period of time. So those are investment properties versus your primary home is really uh, by some definitions, a liability right? Because you're paying a mortgage on it. it. There's no return. There's no cash monetary return. You can build equity in it, but um, an investment property ideally is going to give you some cash flow and uh, many other benefits that you can write off. Thank you. And so like a, a fair kind of middle ground from my understanding is like what, because, and, and then like a you know, people I say, I, I was doing this before Burr was around, before that even became a phrase. So I've heard you talk about Burr before. I think you have like a story of Burr. Uh, would you say that uh, that's an investment? Yes or no? Like, can you talk about that? Like, share me your perspective. In reference to a Burr? Yeah. Like, uh, so let me ask, let me be more clear. Is Burr, like if I do a property, if I Burr, not Burr, um, house hack, actually. House hack is what I mean, not Burr. If I do a house hack, is that an investment property? Because, you know, like share your perspective on that. And I think, don't you have a house hack story? No, I don't have a house no? hack okay. story. However, I do encourage uh, okay. people that I run into to house hack, right? Okay. I'm very com I'm very passionate about, it, you know, giving my perspective and, and, and my encouragement to get into real estate investing through house hacking, through multi-units, right? buy a duplex, buy a triplex, live in one unit, rent out the other two, and basically live mortgage free. Uh, and so that's the house hacking uh, scenario. And there are many, you know, there are a number of different loan vehicles that you can use to acquire 
even fix up and live in a property, a multi-unit and house hack, which is basically living in the property uh, while also renting out uh, other units. So I encourage that. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. And so you had mentioned like the bank book and this is like personal, this is a selfish thing. Do you still have that bank? You still have that bank book. Do you have like pictures? I think people would appreciate seeing that. I have the actual bank book. Okay. Do you have, do you have pictures of it? I think people wouldn't mind seeing that. I don't, I don't have, no, I, I have the, like, okay. I can hold, if I had it in front of me, I could hold the actual bank book. Okay. But I think I will take a photograph of you it. You should. You should. And when you're like telling your story, maybe when you do a presentation or so, you can show people because they like to see stuff like that. That's like very interesting. I'm like, what is that even? I don't even know what that is, you know, because I grew up in a different generation. And st- but that would be really interesting to see. And I think it will help with the story. So um, something else you mentioned when, we, when we, you were going through your bio is you said you were like managing like the mother-in-law's properties and you were like filling through the dark. So can you tell us about that a little bit and tell us when you started to, I guess, like get the flashlight when it's like, oh, okay, I can see clear now. Sure, sure. So um, I'm trying to think, uh, 1983, uh, my husband and I got married in 1984. And when I met him, uh, he, he was he was managing his mom's triplexes in Queen Village. So when we hooked up, you know, I just kind of folded in to, you know, what he was doing. And my husband, you know, he's he's uh, blessed in knowing all the trades. He's self-taught plumbing, electrical, um, carpentry. And so when I met him, he was really like the maintenance guy of his mom's properties. And uh, then we, you know, got into the management of them. And back then, different generation, we'd have to take an ad out in a newspaper to say that the property, <laughs> the apartment available <laughs> and, uh, and list the phone number and take the phone calls from interested individuals and go through the screening, the application process. Uh, so again, like we were just feeling our way through, through that whole exercise and educating ourselves along the way. Uh, we began to take classes and uh, go to different forums around property management and real estate investing. So it's really been um, a 38 year journey of continuous education. But in those earlier days, we were really, you know, scraping our knees and stumbling in the dark, uh, not running it like a business. You know, when a new tenant moved in, it was like Christmas in July. Woo, first, last, and one month security, we had the money, right? And uh, we didn't necessarily operate it like a business. But then we learned as we went along that, okay, when that person gave notice that they weren't going to renew a lease, uh, we weren't getting paid that last month's rent because we had spent it. And uh, in reference to their security deposit, we had to come up with that money because we had spent it when they moved in. So we, yeah, again, just winging it and and just um, not running it like a business. Uh, But as we moved along in our growth, we 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 started running it like a business. Thank you for sharing that. And so you do like multiple things. And one of the things that you're breaking into now or you have been doing for a while is like coaching. So. Um, you have, and and like we become coaches and teachers and we're like, look, I don't want people to make the same, same mistakes that I made. So you have like different products, you have different services. Could you tell us about, um, you got, you you have like a few things. So tell us about like, uh, tell us about the journal. Uh, cause you got that landlord journal. I want to, I want people to know about that, how they can get it. I want to learn about the journal. And I also want to learn about like any courses and coaching that you have. So could, could you talk about some of that stuff for a while and talk about why you develop these products? Sure. So I, I'd like to start off with landlord docs 30 first, okay. which uh, landlord docs 30 is a compilation of all of the documents that we have created over the years to operate our business. As I mentioned, my husband is gifted in all the trades and I have the administrative expertise. I handle all of the administrative aspect, onboarding of tenants, tenant relations, et cetera. And so in doing that, I, I'm a, I'm a forms person, like I'm a systems person. So over the three decades, a blue, yes. right. So over the years, I've created all of these documents to um, to to manage our, our property management operations from leases to addendums uh, to all sorts of documents. So 
the landlord docs 30 is the presentation of that uh, probably about i don't know five years ago after my husband would come to me repeatedly asking for a blank copy of our of our lease uh, a, a blank copy of our application for a co-worker etc i said well wait a minute there's obviously value to this and we have a bundle so it's a 17 document bundle that takes you from the pre-screen setting up the um the walkthrough setting up the uh the viewing of your properties through the application through the 10 page lease and a bunch of addendums so that's landlord docs 30. it'll get you started you don't have to second guess on what documents you need it's not state specific so if you need to add any addendums you can do that um and then you know so much uh there's so much let me let me interrupt you because i i know that history on the 30. can you tell us where that 30 came from yes yes when i when i when i first started this branding uh particularly landlord docs 30 i was hinged on you know we have a 30 year zero percent eviction rate 30 plus year zero percent eviction rate but as i went down the road of, of coaching one of my coaches said no no do not do 30 plus years like count the number of years how many years do you have in this you know area of of zero percent eviction and i counted it was 38 so we had that's as a 38 years over percent eviction rate but i had already branded the 30 years so that's where the the landlord docs 30 comes from okay thank you and i want to i'll try to bring that up a little bit earlier because it's like you obviously got the secret sauce 30 years 38 years like that's that's amazing so yeah. finish telling us about the other products and then maybe you can tell us some more about how you got the 38. sure sure and so when we talk about the um the landlord journals which i have to give you you know a tremendous amount of credence to and kudos to helping me uh go through that that journey it's important in reference to landlording that you have systems in place, right? And you're consistent with 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 your with your monitoring, with your maintenance, with your with your communication. So one of the two journals that I created is the um, the rental property maintenance journal, right? Because we have to be systematic. So what the rental property maintenance journal is is it's it's it's, it's a journal multiple duplicate pages of the same information where you can log in for each property the acquisition date you know how much you purchased it for but particularly a list of all the appliances in that unit when you purchased them the make and the model the last time you painted the property what color you painted it um the last time you did a maintenance walkthrough so it gives you a log in um a depository of all the information around maintenance. When the last time you changed the filter on the, on the HVAC system? Uh, so again, it's a tool that can be used to really have um, just a, a, a one location of all the maintenance, um, you know, responsibilities of each one of your properties. Okay, thank you. And how, how can we get access to those products? You can go on Amazon. You can go okay. on amazon.com and, and Google uh, my name, if you will, Kim Avant Bab, A V is in Victor A N T B is in boy A B is in boy B is in boy. You can Google my name and they'll pop up. Um, yeah, and get your landlord uh, your landlord journals. Okay, thank you. And uh, we you do coaching too. Can you talk about that? Like you got students and you got like some stuff going on. Talk about that really quickly. Absolutely. I believe so. I, I'm in a stage in my life journey right now uh, that and, and I'll, I'll preface it by saying that I came across this phrase. It's not original to me, uh, but learn, earn and return, learn, earn and return. I feel like in our life journey, we spend, you know, we should spend a sizable amount of time learning as much as we can. And we basically earn based on what we learn, right? And then return. So I'm in a return stage in my journey of pouring back into the community what I have learned. Uh, so when we talk about coaching and the 38 years of a 0% eviction rate and all of the um, the growth that we've uh, you know experienced on our business, I want to pour that back into the community because there is, unfortunately, you know, 
bad experiences in the space of property management and landlording. I've spoken to a number of people who will not get into investment properties, particularly the buy and hold because of the notion uh, and the experiences of other people that they've heard of who have nightmare experiences. And I'm saying their experience does not have to be your experience, number one, right? And we don't know what systems they did not have in place in order to get them to that bad experience. So let's move you on the right course and the right direction. I believe that our 38 years experience that we have created some systems, techniques, tools, and tactics that can service you in a better experience. So I do offer um, a 15 minute free uh, consultation to kind of talk about what it is that you want to um, address, but I also offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and I also offer group coaching. Okay. And like, we're like working on your website. What's your website? That'll be up soon, right? You have that stuff all on your website. What's the website? Now, well, the website is up. It's www.lldocs30.com. Three zero. 30 years, 30 years. So you have mentioned like people have, and that's, that's what you always hear. You always hear like the good experiences and the bad experience. And like I said, you obviously got secret sauce. Cause I, yet I've been doing this stuff, but I'm not as much as you, but I've been around seven years and I never heard anybody like putting out there 30 years, 0% eviction rate. So, um, what did I want to ask you? I wanted to ask you. Oh, so in those 30 years, mm -hmm. uh, you have 38 years. 38 years, right? 38 years. You've been doing this longer than I've been alive. So that's, <laughs> that's how long your record is. Uh, you have you have had to have some bad experience. You have had to have some good experiences. So what I would like to hear from you is like, tell us about your least favorite experience uh, being a landlord and then tell us about your favorite experience like being a landlord. Sure. So um, the the least favorite experience, and it was only one, actually, okay. one one tenant who almost took me there. <laughs> okay. okay. And it was really before we started counting and keeping track of, the, and and actually the zero percent eviction rate was not a light bulb or aha moment, only in t like five years ago. We really weren't even considering or thinking about it, right? But prior to five years ago, we had um, a tenant who actually was, so we had a husband and wife that moved in, and this is another trend that we unfortunately have experienced over the years. There are many times husband and wives move in or a couple move in and they move out separately and or they break up and one remains who can't afford the rent. So we had that situation and the wife who stayed, she brought in a girlfriend went through all the screening process, fine. Um, but unfortunately she befriended the local drug dealer who was a female. And we have eyes and ears on our blocks because we know the neighbors and we get a call one day and says, uh, I didn't know you were renting to the local drug dealer. And I said, we're not. And they said, well, they're coming and going in your property. And of course I had to you know, confront the tenants and they became very combative. And I said, well, let me just be clear that that's not perm permissible. And so it was really, you know, a, a awkward place to be in because, you know, from a business perspective and understanding the law and many times tenants don't understand that you are putting my asset in jeopardy because district attorney can come and take my asset based on drug activity. So. We really had to make a decision as a business to really confront them and evict them and or what we did was their lease was two or three months from expiring. So we basically slow rolled it and let their lease expire, did not renew it and, and got them moved out of the property. So that was the only really like that, you know, that half an inch close to uh, having yeah. have to divorce someone. And really, that's how I equate evictions with. Uh, with my coaching clients, I, I don't want you to get to the divorce, which is the eviction. 
But the positive experience in in our journey has been number one, we don't we don't sign on tenants. We we it's like the Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, the golden ticket. Like if you get into one of our properties, you are the cream of the crop, you are the best of the best, you are our on-site property manager, you are on our team, you know. And uh, that's how we communicate with them. That's how we articulate it. Uh, so I think one of the highlights of our um, landlord experience is getting a, a, a greeting card from a tenant every month with a handwritten message in it saying, you know, thanks guys for being great landlords. I hope you enjoy October. Here is the rent check, you know. That's so, beautiful. <laughs> and that's every single month, every single month. So it's an indication that um, it's a mutually beneficial relationship that we are providing to them a very beautiful home. And in return, they're paying their rent in full and on time. Thank you. And again, thank you for being here and sharing your story. Uh, that, that All that content came from like your bio. So now I would like to move on to the questions. I want to ask you those specific questions. And the questions, we're going to start with the business questions. We're going to go to personal, then bonus, and on and on. So first question I have for you, tell us about a common myth in your expertise that tell us about that you hear often. Sure. And the common myth is that landlording is a headache, that landlording is actually absolutely, you know, not a place you want to be in. And I'm saying, no, that's not true. Um, and if you've had that experience, let's, let's unpack it and, and see how it could have been done differently. However, you know, be, now I'm going to say, however, because there is wealth to be built in this space, everyone has to live somewhere and everyone is not interested in owning a home. So if we can provide a quality living environment and, um, you know, set the parameters correctly then it can be a good experience. It does not have to be a nightmare. Thank you. And you recommended uh, you recommended a guest, Dan Harvey, like a common comment. And you always like to talk about like how he talks about landlording and what he said. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Can you talk about that, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a quote that I've actually put in my landlord journals. I mention it as often as possible. I, um, I experienced uh, Dan Harvey giving a presentation uh, in a real estate group. Uh, probably a few years ago now and he i'm sitting in the audience and he said this and it was just so profound to me dan harvey said that landlording is a skill set landlording is a skill set i agree two thousand percent it's a skill set and one has to determine if they have the skill set or not and or if they don't have particular skills which one are they how how are they lacking and how can they bone up on those skills you know, uh, like hearing you talk about that, one of the things it gives me like insight on, you can learn skills. You can learn skills. Like skill set is a set of skills. You can go learn skills. So you just need the proper training. And Correct. that's where people, they get with you or, you know, someone else to, mm -hmm. to learn what they need to learn. I recommend you 38 years, but, you know, sometimes people, uh, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. The next question I have for you, tell us, what is the most important lesson you've learned over the career of landlording? The most important lesson that I've learned over the career of landlording is that who you are as a person is even more important than your business. Who you are as a person is even more important than your business because your personality, your demeanor, um, how you interact with people, your level of knowledge and understanding, that that spills into your business. And if you're not honest about who you are as a person, for example, you might have a short temper. You you might not like people, <laughs> okay? So I've met some people who say, I just don't like people. Uh, uh, <laughs> or you may be very diplomatic. You may be too soft-hearted and, and, and just, you know, go along with anybody's sob story. Like who you are as, or you may be very firm and very, short with people so who right. you are really is equally or more important than your business because it's going to show through it's going to see through I, I love that and that's one of the things that we identify with and we got like this um we talk like whenever you hear us talk about colors talking to the audience uh we're talking about a 
um, a concept on personality types. And like, I know Kim, she has some blue and I got blue, like I'm like high in blue. So I'll say blue and red, like the more you understand about yourself and your personality, the better off you will be in business because it absolutely does pour out to your business. And there are people that say, uh, everybody can do everything. And that's just not true. Um, people have different strengths and different weaknesses. And the more you can know about that, the better. So, uh, damn, I wanted to say something. Uh, with, uh, I, I, I can't remember, but all right. So in your opinion, oh, this is actually, uh, very relevant in your opinion. What is the most important personality trait or strength someone would need to be a successful landlord like you? I, I actually, uh, participated on a panel discussion yesterday in York, Pennsylvania. It was very fulfilling. And I said to the audience, I asked, I pulled the question, is anybody in the audience married? Uh, or is anybody on his, does anybody in the audience, excuse me, have children or even a boss, right? It's all about relationships. So I've been married, I've been friends with my husband for 40 years, married for 38. People ask me, what is the secret sauce to stay with somebody, right? And I say communication and conversation. Communication and conversation is the elixir, right? of any type of relationship, right? And so in reference to my business and landlording, communication and correspondence with, with our with our business partners who are tenants is so critical. Like how you communicate. Uh, for example, I had a situation arise recently and, and you have to be part psychi psychologist as well when you're dealing with tenants different person we have many different personalities that we deal with but this one individual has this tendency to just if there's an issue just like blurt it out in a text no no um no 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 soft intro like good afternoon kim da -da -da -da. it's just kim this da -da. you know kim these are two things kim two issues oh okay so so my personality and my demeanor does not respond right away I might wait a couple hours to respond because I know the personality that I'm dealing with and I know how I want to represent my company. I don't want to be impulsive. I don't want to be impulsive and I don't want to be impulsive. I want to respond appropriately. So um, I took a couple hours to respond appropriately and we, we, we got through it. Okay. I appreciate that. And it, it makes sense on like some of our interactions in the past. Cause I can be like that. I'm like, a, like ah! I just say what it is. It's like no soft intro. And, and a couple of times you were like, well, hi, Jerome, how are you? And I was like, uh, okay. So <laughs> I, I don't even do that because I don't remember doing that, but I, yeah, you've done it. And, and I, I pay attention to it cause I know how I am, you know, like, like we we're talking about personality. People got different strengths and different weaknesses. And I know sometimes I can be like, you know, like you said, we talk about personality. Sometimes I could be impatient or too, yeah. so I understand. And you like a few times we were getting ready for like the expo and I was like reaching out to you. And I was like, and you were like, well, hi, how are you? Like that? that's I can sense it like in your messages. And I, I, I appreciate it. So, yeah, I, it makes so much sense. Thank you. Uh, next question. What is one piece of advice you would give someone starting out in your career in, in the career as a landlord? Yeah, I, I would go back to Dan Harvey uh, and, and understanding that landlording is a skill set. Uh, really, uh, you know, doing the David Goggins, uh, you know, um, the mirror test. Look in the mirror, be honest, and determine whether or not you have the skill set. Do the research and the due diligence to see what skill set is needed and be honest. And if, you, if you're lacking in any area, then seek coaching. Uh, we walk around with computers in our hands, i.e. our cell phones, you know, dedicate the time to do the research and educate yourself on what skill set needs to be in place in order to be successful in, in this in this area. Thank you. I so just yesterday I was like, because I'm I, I'm like always joining like coaching. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. I'm going to join this coach. I'm going to join this program because I'm trying to level up. And mm -hmm. yesterday I'm like, like, I'm like, it's like a hack to like life, just like paying for coaches. Like you can't pay for any and every coach, but I'm like, this is like it. Cause all of the information is out there, but sometimes you just need that coach or that accountability or that group. 
And I was like, just pay for coach. I was like, you want to know a life hack? Just pay for coaching. I like really had that revelation yesterday and um, I shared it on Facebook. So with that, I, I want to hear, like, tell me about your perspective on like the coaching. Like, give me, share with me a little bit. Um, some people tend to, oh no, I don't want to pay for coaching. I can do it all myself. So I'm going to hear like your insight, your perspective on coaching and paying for mentorship, even consultations. Like sometimes if you just pay, like it's just much better to pay. Sure. And so I have a coach that that shared a message uh, on social media that I really need to get a copy of the video. But he basically talked about, you know, coaches, uh, a coach is someone that's going to accelerate you to where it is that you want to be because they've been there. Right. Um, But it's not a guarantee that you will arrive at that that destination, because what really fills the gap is you doing the work okay they can show you they they have a light they can show you the way but you've got to put in the work and the time to get it and it's not a guarantee that that the coach is going to deliver you that's one thing but the other thing is that um you know there's there's so much to learn out here right it's taken us 38 years to to go through this journey um but conversely, I have coaches. I have business coaches. Right. And I really didn't um, embrace coaching until after I retired my nine to five and started Legacy Real Estate Consulting uh, and really needed to learn uh, a, a market that I had not been exposed to, like digital marketing uh, and you know creating a coaching business. So there's value in it. Uh, there's great camaraderie in it, especially when it's group coaching. Uh, with yeah. other individuals who are learning just like you. Uh, so I, I would say that, you know, coaching is is valuable, is 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 worth every dime, uh, but is equally more beneficial as long as you implement what it is yes. that you're being taught. That's, what's that's the key. We got to implement. The key is implementation. Like, that's why coaches can't guarantee because you have to do the work. And yeah. like I was just talking about me, like, I'm always going to do the work. And I don't blame, like uh, I'm going to pay for her. Like I had, when I first started, I paid, like I had to save $3,000 and I had to get this coach and he wasn't even the greatest coach, but I took the information and I took accountability and I learned what I need to learn from that coach. So uh, it, it's highly important. And um, all right. So I'm going to move on to the next question. These are, so now we're moving on to the personal questions this section. So personal question. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self, self one piece of advice, what would it be? Buy more real estate. Buy more real estate. <laughs> Why? Buy Why would we buy more real estate? What does that mean? Tell us. Wow. Expound, please. Wow. It's like, if I knew then what I knew now, although, I mean, it would be a great thing, but as my husband and I would say, you know, we were blessed with what we were blessed with. And you can't you know, cry over spilt milk because we we look back, particularly in South Philadelphia, which is totally gentrified. uh, And, you know, the real estate has absolutely more than tenfolded in the value. We we know, um, you know, of properties that we could have brought that we didn't buy. So that was, um, you know, back in the 90s that my mother-in-law gifted us that first property. Uh, so we we imagine uh, having, you know, began that acquisition journey, you know, prior to the gifting of the property and buying other units. So, uh, again, though, if I could tell my 18 year old self, uh, which is part of my motivation of mentoring young people, mm-hmm. I have a wonderful uh, guest presentation on Friday to um, students at Howard University. A good friend of mine is a professor at Howard, and I'm going to be talking to them about uh economics uh in the black community and systemic racism so i'm going to talk about finance deep and wide um which i believe you know was missing from an investment perspective to my 18 year old self so i i want to pour into and and just share as much as i can uh based on my 38 year journey around real estate investing and uh, financial literacy that I can to these young people. And so that's because that's that's what I think makes a difference is about exposure, particularly to finance and money that I didn't get at 18. 
and so uh, that's what I would tell my 18 year old self, buy more real estate and become more financial literate, financially literate. Thank you. So my, my brain, like sometimes my brain just stops. So my brain has stopped a little bit and I was trying to like X you something, but because of what you just said, you brought it back up. So, or I was trying to make a point. The point that I was trying to make was when we were talking about coaching, right? So coaching is like, essentially like what we're doing, right? You have 38 years of experience and you can pour that 38 years of experience that you have into someone else through your coaching through your products through the things that you're creating so i wanted to make that point like you can go out there and you can start from scratch you can start from zero or you can like partner up you can get some books and that's like it's like a life hack right uh coaching is like the ultimate hack but it's like why start from zero right you got 38 years like uh, look this coach is going to pour 38 years of relevant experience into you why would you not take advantage of that so i just wanted to make that point good point Thank you. All right. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the bonus questions. The intent of the bonus questions are self-serving, right? So, and they're meant to stop you a little bit. Um, people like when I was like, I was doing certain stuff and I can't remember. Uh, I was like, how can I add value to more people? How can I add more value? And then I kind of figured it out, right? I started asking the questions and um I asked somebody, I was like running like a meetup and I was like, how can someone bring value to you and he was like nobody ever asked me that nobody ever asked me that and that's that's my intent with these questions so uh the first is like how can i bring value to you so i could possibly give you so i could serve you right and it's also like people like oh can i pick your brain no you can't pick pick people's brains right that's not the best way to lead a conversation or a relationship you want to find a way that you can provide value to them right so the questions are question number one Kim, how can someone bring immediate value to you or your business? I think by rec by recognizing what I bring to the table, by recognizing and acknowledging um, my experience and being willing to engage appropriately with me. That's saying that I value you and, you know, I'm not going to second guess uh, and or, you know, try to get the hookup, <laughs> you know, and all of yeah. those things. So, like, right. value me, value what I bring to the table uh, and acknowledge that and let this be a mutually beneficial relationship. Okay. Do, do I give you that value? Yeah. got to make sure I'm doing my job. Because <laughs> make sure because it's a little self-serving. The next question is, how can someone bring uh, long term value to you or your business? Feedback, you feedback, know, feedback right. testimonials, uh, you know, um, you know, mostly feedback, because that's how we learn, you know, be it, um, you know, on either side of the coin. I won't say negative because it's all about lessons. Right. Um, so be negative or positive, just giving that feedback because it's all about growth. We don't lose. We learn. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And so I've given you like some testimonies and feedback, right? Already some for some stuff. Um, I'll, I'll give you, we'll talk about that offline, but I'd be more than happy to like give you testimony and feedback, whatever. So, so like some social proof that is, uh, the point I'm trying to make like, that's like my, that's one of my favorite things. It's like if someone gives me like uh, it doesn't have to be positive, just like honest feedback um, about like something that I've given them, whether it's the podcast, whether it's uh, the service that I provide. It's just like uh, like honest feedback. And I know I'm not perfect. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. But that's like something I really value. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you about that and figure out how I can give you uh, what you just asked for. All right. So that, those were our bonus questions. Again, uh they're self-serving and they're meant to like stomp because uh like we we as entrepreneurs are like we run around providing value to people and then uh people never ask us like how can i help you and that i forget who exactly it was but he was like nobody ever asked me that Jerome. that's the first time i heard it at i've been giving people value for years and nobody really and it like stopped he was like he couldn't figure it out i was like well mm -hmm. I'm, I'm genuinely that's genuinely what i don't know he was like i have to get back to you because i i don't know what that wow I don't know. yeah mm -hmm. so Oh, I try to do it to like everybody. You, you, you crushed it. But some people, 
I, I still get them. Uh, the so these are the closing questions. We're in real estate, right? So it's a little, it's a little pun. Ha ha! Closing table, yay! So the closing questions are: uh, we got two questions for you. The first one is: What are three books that you recommend to the audience, and why? I am an avid reader. I have never let schooling get in the way of my education. I've never let schooling get in the way of my education. And uh, can you so, tell us what that means? I never let schooling get in the way of my education. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, formal school. Uh, I do not have a college degree, uh, although I've matriculated to five colleges over my years and always chased that that piece of paper to really kind of, you know, qualify me or, you know, give me the quote unquote um, validation that I thought I needed that I didn't need because uh, my superpower was recognized uh, repeatedly by supervisors and, and bosses over the years that would offer me promotions. And I'd have to decide between, you know, dedicating time to this piece of paper or taking the promotion. You know, uh, I say I have a PMBA. I have a personal master's in business administration because I've taught myself that. Okay. Um, so I've never let formal schooling get in the way of my education. Never. And having retired as chief strategy officer of the New Jersey Redevelopment Authority, two people removed from the governor, I think I did daggone well without a college degree because I've never let schooling get in the way of my education. You, you so. absolutely have. And I had no idea that you didn't have a degree. Like you strike me as someone that did have that degree. So that's impressive. And like you said, to reach all the way, like chief strategy officer, that, that's impressive. And like you, I used to like uh, try to validate like my education through and I was like, I, I don't need that. I was like, I can still and even then, like when you have that stuff, they don't really care. It's just like on paper or something. So it's a bunch of politics and nonsense that I, I don't really dis, that I don't really agree with. So now on on the other side of you know, personal confidence, if you will, when we talk about imposter syndrome, right? You know, I have been in certain rooms uh, where there have been the college elitists, you know, that are pontificating, you know, their colleges and universities. And I had to manage my emotions, if you will, of feeling like an imposter because I didn't have a degree. But then I had to push my shoulders back and raise my chin up and say, well, daggone it. I still belong here because you right. know, I've got I've got what it takes in the superpower of who I am as a professional. Agreed. So, so yeah. we got off track a little. Uh, yeah, so I want to re-ask the questions. What are three books you recommend to the audience and why? Uh, one is I read it uh, annually, if not a couple times in a year. It's called "Who Moved My Cheese." Okay, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a very small, whimsical book. Uh, it really helps you analyze your personality and how you deal with change. Who moved my cheese? And it's all about uh, the movement of the cheese. These four whimsical mice, uh, you know, um, characters who, number one, is used to going to the same place to get the cheese. One is saying, well, we've always gone there. I'm not going anywhere else. Another one is saying, well, I can see the handwriting on the wall. We need to move ahead now. Uh, you know, so it's really, um, you know, a, uh, a narrative and a story that's whimsical that really gets you to explore who you are as a person as it relates to change. Okay. And it could be applied to everything from relationships to work to children to where you park your car, how you go to how you drive, you know, it's change. It has how you deal with change. Okay. Um, another book is The Color of Law. The Color of Law. Color. The Color of Law by Richard Rothstein. And it documents the the segregation of land by the government, the segregation of land through zoning and planning by the government. And uh, it's called the color of law. So when we you know, think about investing in real estate, like there, like we can debate opinion, we can debate perspective, but we cannot debate the facts of our historical systemic racism around land and taking of communities and having um, de-covenants, you know, where developers 
would um, you know, build developments and in the deeds restrict the sale of those properties to, to people of color, you know, uh, and how government agencies were created like HUD uh, and other agencies were created to restrict land access to people of color in this country. So The Color of Law is a very powerful book. It reveals a lot of facts. So that's um, the, the second one. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I read a lot of books, but um, the other one I'll mention is is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, okay. I think that's, that's a great, uh, that's a great staple in one's library. And, uh, you know, equally um, as important is, is, the, uh, is the game that complements that book, which is the rat race. I love that game. And it really gives you in a roll the dice kind of environment an opportunity to get out of the rat race, which is the nine to five based on investments that you make and real life experiences like having a, a baby, you know, and how that eats away at, at, at your revenue stream. Uh, yeah. But having to make the decision <laughs> if you're going to buy a piece of real estate or a stock or, you know, a uh, birthday comes up and you got to buy a gift. So it's, it's a really neat game. that yeah, I, for, I, I forgot all about that. And like I was playing it and uh, a baby. I had a baby in the game and it was like, this is an expense. And I was like, yes, it is. And most people are like, they're not expensive. Yes, they are. They are expenses. That's why I'm in real estate. Thank goodness. You know, I got four of those little things running around. They yeah. are expenses. They're worth it, but they are definitely expenses. They take, 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 take. And uh, mines are not grown yet. So maybe that'll start returning some stuff to me, maybe in the future, but they are definitely expenses all right i'm gonna leave that there because my youngest is 33 years old and uh you, you never stop being parents <laughs> so we were we just we asked about books um so i'm gonna put like a little bit of positive pressure on you tell us about your book uh tell us what it's about and when it's coming out i'm looking we're like looking forward to that absolutely so it's called uh you know um the secret sauce of screening rental applicants, you know, how we um, obtain a 38-year 0% eviction rate. It really, you know, gives a lot of tips, tools, and techniques and stories behind how we screen tenants. That's the secret sauce. In my experience, that's the secret sauce. You have to be at the front end of doing your due diligence. So I use the analogy when I coach and I teach of when you are uh, entertaining a rental applicant that's like dating okay and you okay. know when you're dating someone it's an imposter syndrome right because everybody's putting their best foot forward but it's your job as a as a as a landlord to see past that and to do the investigative work uh to see who this person is that wants the key to your house who wants the key to your asset, right? You've made some sacrifices. You put some money on the table. You've acquired this asset. And now somebody wants you to give them the key to your asset and have control over it on a daily basis. So it behooves you to do your due diligence, right? So that's the dating part. And then, um, you know, the application screening is the investigative part. Uh, so when you've decided that, you know, you've got some chemistry with this applicant, you think you can have a relationship with them, uh, then it's the lease document, which is the prenup. You've agreed to certain things. They've agreed to other things. And you go into this relationship. You give them the key to their property. That's like putting a ring on their finger. And when you put a ring on somebody's finger, like this is contractual. We are in a relationship, right? And then if everything goes well uh, and everybody stays true to the prenup, you have a great relationship. Now, if there is infidelity or somebody cheats, then, you know, there's an issue and there's a divorce, which is the eviction process, which my job and my hope based on this book will alleviate you from having to go through the divorce because you've done your due diligence up front. Um, so that's what the book is going to guide you through. Uh, it's going to share some terminology and some resources that can help you navigate the secret sauce, which is the screening process. When is the book coming? You know, and you know, you know, I did not get a journal. You owe me, you owe me journal. You owe me, I, I got to get my books from. So when, when's that book coming? What's the date? I ha I don't have an exact date, but it's coming soon. What soon? Is it two Real months? Soon. A year? 
No, not a year. In a couple months. A few months. A couple it's months. Coming, yeah, it's, it's coming. A couple soon. is two. Yeah, it's it's coming soon. So it'll be out but this year. Not, but we but we just launched and we are huh. live with two journals. I didn't talk okay. about the other journal, which is the landlord. Tell us about it. Yes, it's the landlord um, uh, inspiration uh, and goal setting journal, and it's basically okay. a diary, a, a a journal for you to you know basically um, jot down your your daily notes, your daily task list to give you some inspiration. We've got some great quotes in there, um, and to write down your goals, right? Um, so that I I'm a journal person. I have so many journals in my midst right now because. That's how I pour out. That's how I keep track. So this journal, the landlord journal, is going to give you that resource to um, to be your companion every day and to give you inspiration and to set your goals. Okay, because thank coach, you. A coach can can you know pull out the guide and light, but you've got to do the work. So this journal is going to give you that companion to keep you accountable and keep you on track. Okay, thank you. Uh, so I'm, will I get a copy this year or? Absolutely. You will. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you. You know, we got a little, little thing there. Um, with that, we have, uh, one more question. Then we're going to close out. So the question, where can listeners find out more about you online? I am on social media and I, I believe my handles will be maybe in the um, the podcast notes, but on Instagram, I am LLDOCS30 on Instagram, LLDOCS30 on Instagram. And on Facebook, you can find me at Kim.Bab, that's B-A-B-B dot 7798, because we don't realize this, but other people share our exact names. So you have to be yes. specific. <laughs> yes. So on Facebook is Kim.Bab. That's B A B as in boy, B as in boy, dot seven seven nine eight. And then uh, on Instagram, you can reach me at Bab Properties LLC. On, I'm sorry, that was LinkedIn. I'm sorry. LinkedIn is Bab Properties LLC. Can you see that? Yes, I can. Who's that? Woo! It's us. That's us. And what are what's what are you what are we holding there? We are holding my recently released uh, journals, the landlord journal. So on the left, on this picture, is the rental property maintenance journal, which again I mentioned will give you uh, individual pages for each one of your properties to list all of the maintenance walkthroughs when you last painted the property, all the appliances and many other um, areas that you want to track for each property. And then on the right is your landlord journal, goals, uh, inspiration and accountability journal. So we're up to, okay, those are the two journals that you talk about. So these are them in the flesh we get to see, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you. I, I wish I thought about that a little bit earlier, but they get to see it like that's these are the journals and i'm like i'm so inspired that you got this stuff done we like we like look we're gonna do this and we knocked it out we did exactly what we said we were gonna do so uh, i appreciate you i have um typically you hear people say like on podcasts or shows it's like uh give us a closing statement uh i had another guest her name's dewan she's like uh what is i think she's the uh, short sale queen and she was like i don't do that i do closing word because sometimes people can be a little bit long-winded so I adapted her concept and give us, if you could give us one word, give us a closing word. What would, what would that be? Like, what's the word? Just one, one word. word. You can't explain it. Yes. Just, just one, one word. word. One word. Mm, this is a curveball here. Yes, it is. Yep. Legacy. Legacy. Okay. I love it. Now, what I do is I add my own flavor to it. Tell us why you picked Legacy. Legacy is because it's 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 really um, you know a representation of you when when you're gone. Like what stamp have you put? What stamp have you left on the world? What impact have you have you made once you're gone? I'm all, I'm so much about like building legacy. Yeah. Thank and you. I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you so much. So that wraps up. Uh, you're gonna stay on, but that wraps up our 
podcast. This was uh, we're almost hit an hour and it was uh, I enjoyed the entire thing. So I appreciate you. And we're going to close out. Thank you. Thank you.